PFT Media. You are now listening to Cinema Crespediso. Chris Crespo Radio Show. Everybody likes it. Listen to his shit. that song go i was no so waiting for you to kick in with the I, melody i don't even know what you're singing wait in the old spirituals nope no how about mm-hmm. this one swing low sweet chariot i mean next, I, next I, know, you know this one. I know that one but i'm not no. here we go joe nope i'll do the high part mm-hmm. now coming for to carry me home i need you to give me the bass on this one no thank swing you low. come on give me the sweet chariot no, uh-huh. nope no, I refuse. Coming for to carry me home. Nope. I'll just edit those together and I'll, I'll do your Anti-musical. Anti-music. Anti, no, not anti-music. Anti-music. Drew oh. is searching throughout the cosmos for the anti-music <laughs> equation. No, the anti-musical equation. Not music. I like music. And this is that's what we're doing. We're doing I music. I don't like musicals. We're not doing a musical. If we were doing a musical, then there'd be like, blink, blink, blink. Yeah, I'm like, Drewster Cogman. Fuck you! What's that? That's a, there's a specific word for that. The the musical where all the dialogue is. That's Trisha Cogburn and Chris Cresswell. All the dialogue is yes, yeah, sung mm-hmm. like a Lee Miz is that mm-hmm. way. Yeah, I hate that shit. Yeah, and then there's the musical where it's like people are talking, whatever, and then they break into song. Yes, uh, and then sometimes there's the jukebox musical where those songs they break out into are popular songs. 
uh, usually from a specific era or even from a specific artist. Uh, and then, of course, you have your plays where uh, ain't no one singing. Maybe someone sings a song, but it's more like in the Lord of the Rings style. Let's sing a song about a mountain. Mm. No. You know, like you wouldn't call The Hobbit a musical. No. But they stopped for five minutes to sing a song about a mountain. They did. They're like, oh. <laughs> that was fucking weird. It was weird. Uh, so what I'm saying is true. We're not doing a musical episode. Good. I don't have the energy. Because I'd, I'd block out. Uh, but we may have to break in a song every now and then. <laughs> <laughs> no. I may need you no. to do a bit of nope. hold down the low end on the... I don't think can so. Can you give me a... Nope. <laughs> no, I cannot. I mean, I could. Yeah, you could. I think you could. I could. But I won't. I've seen, you play, I've seen you play rock band. How about that? I won't. We, we, we bought a mic stand for you to play rock band. Yeah. Well, because there were some songs that I just knew all the words to. Okay, so, so what you're saying is we have to do a jukebox musical, <laughs> and it's all like police songs and rock songs. <laughs> that's I the mean, only way I can get you to... And pro- I mean, that's why they called you! <laughs> that's why they call him the walking man! See, I almost got I, you, there. I, 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 I saw al- your lips forming. I you always almost... turned the volume all the way down on the rock band, though. You do, you, you realize that, so my, so it wasn't my voice coming out of the speakers. Yeah, but you're still like, was awful. But you're still like two feet away from me, so I still heard you uh, playing as that. <laughs> no, it was fine. It was I apologize. Good. You had it on like hard or expert level. You were passing the songs with high percentages. It's easy if you know. I thought, that's what I'm saying. Song. That's what I'm saying. So, so here we go. Take these uh, pages here. Nope. This is our the, oh. the music I've been writing all week. You just dropped something. Oh, those are those are the important pages. Oh, they fell into the water. Uh, we, God I told you. I told you we should Apple. not have recorded this above a pond. And I'm really glad you wrote it on instant Damn dissolving it. paper. Yeah, it all it dissolved into nothing. Those are my yeah. those are my precious dialogues. Guys, I had a whole jukebox <laughs> musical episode planned featuring the songs of the police and rush. Uh, but I guess uh, it got dissolved by water. It got dissolved by water. So I guess we're just going to do pond. an episode. That sucks. That sucks. That sucks. Well, here we go. This is the anti-musical equation. And uh, it starts with the anti-musical movie. Oh, how long did they break into a straight up song and dance number at one point? They do. Uh, the, the, a very if, awkward one. If the musical is like we are singing songs and we're hitting our our note our our steps you know our dance numbers it's so precise to make a musical even think of la la land all the work the the opening scene of the freeway all that work something like bad trip is the opposite of that where you you throw some things into motion and then you see the chaos happen and and you hope some of it's usable (laughs) right yeah all right you you hope you must be really hope must be stressful making shit like this was all right bring in the next uh Mark, see how, see how this works. Yeah, maybe this guy will react in a way that we can actually well, make a movie, um, a quote movie around it? Question mark. Perhaps. Bad Trip is an Eric Andre movie. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you want to call it a movie, it's more of like an extended idea slash skit. Which is like, uh, you could say the same about Bad Grandpa. So weird that they both well, have it, bad in the title. Well, it's the same people who made it. It's, it's the same director, right, and creator, I think, producer. Yeah, of the, of the fucking Jackass movies. Because Eric Andre went to them. I'm sure. And was like, hey, hey I have an idea. I do this man on the street shit. Uh, let's make something together. And he was like, well, what's your idea? He told them the idea, and they're like, that idea sucks. Mm-hmm. Come come up with something that actually works, and then we can work together. And it took them like five years to come up with even this. Yeah. Or then they would be like, okay, we can do something with this. I mean, the 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 white girls part at the end was hilarious. Uh, okay, well, <laughs> okay, so true. Here's the thing. I I think it's more of a like, are you a fan of Eric Andre? 
Are you a fan? Have you seen his show? Are you a fan of that kind I, of humor? I, I have seen his show. I am a fan of some of that type of humor. It's hit or miss, for sure. Yeah. The Eric Andre show, which is, what, 12 minutes a clip? Something like that. It helps that no skit is longer than 90 seconds tops. Yeah, yeah. That, because that's be- a long skit. Because if it's bad, you just forget about it because you're on to the next They're one. They're moving on so fast to oh. craft punk jizzing uh, cheese whiz jizz, mm-hmm. like, all over the place. Yeah. And then uh, all of a sudden, now we're on the street, and he's throwing a pizza ball at a at a, at a karate class yeah. and getting chased out by a, a mm-hmm. kung fu guy. And they try to legalize ranch. And Yeah, and then you're like, wait a second. <laughs> I'm still trying to decide that thing two skits ago it was funny. At yeah. all. And now we're already moving on to here. In a movie, it's a little different. No. Especially this is what, 85 minutes, I, I think, think so. with credits. Well. Credits probably the best part where they do the, well, yeah, let's show you the behind the scenes yeah. stuff, mm-hmm. how we got away with some of this or whatever. Um, yeah, I think it helps to be a fan, obviously. Obviously. It's going to be hard to come to this as an outsider, I think. I think. I don't know. Maybe if you're just a fan of the Jackass style. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's it's that kind of stunting. Yeah, right. That's all it is. I mean, it's, it's pretty much like a quote unquote prank movie. It's a prank, but none of the pranks are like on people. No, for the most part. No, it's just it's him doing crazy shit or having and then shit people reacting to him around then, it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I will say this. So, and then because of the aesthetic of capturing that kind of stuff, right? You, you, you. Well, there's. You know exactly when it's scripted and non-scripted. Exactly, yes. <laughs> you, you can tell when it cuts the camera angles. Like, oh, this is a hidden camera yeah. type thing. Um, but I think they also film a couple extra things here and there in that style just to like to glue everything together. And it's not that great cinematically. No. You know, mm-hmm. uh, it's not visually. No. You're, you're sacrificing quite a bit, mm-hmm. I think, oh, yeah. when you're making a movie that looks like that. Mm-hmm. But... I will say this within, I don't know, what, I don't want to say what happens, but the end of the scene where they set up what the movie is, where he meet the 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 setup of the movie is that there's a girl that he used to know. She's in town. Says I have an art gallery in New York. You know, come if you're ever in New York, come check out the art. This is all happening in Florida. The juice bar. Yeah, and, and uh, yeah, come up there. The juice bar scene. At the end of that scene. Uh, I was like, okay, I'm on board for that. I was on the fence the whole time, even with yeah. the the vacuum gag in the car. I was like, yeah, this is okay. I don't know. I don't know if this movie's gonna hold no. up for 90 minutes. The end of that juice bar scene, I was like, I'm in. I'm 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 in, and I I enjoy this movie. It was. I mean, it was what it was. It, it, it's, That's why I'm saying you have to be a fan of it. Yeah. Like it's yeah. almost like you have to be a fan of the movie already to be a fan of the movie. It's like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's like uh, um, there there is some interesting stuff. I mean, as a whole, I don't think I can recommend it. I can recommend only, it to certain people. I'm like, do you like Eric Andre? Have you seen this movie yet? No, I think you should probably watch this movie. Only yeah, <laughs> but it, ha- it has that caveat. Do you like Eric Andre? Because if you don't like Eric Andre, you're not gonna like this movie. It's a thing. I'm like, uh, I showed my mom some episodes of the Eric Andre show, and she seemed to be into it. So I was like, maybe maybe you like the movie. I don't know. There's that Chinese finger trap thing is funny. Uh, I mean, it is. Is it? The reactions to it. Are, <laughs> the reactions to it are funny. The, uh, I mean, the reactions are real. Yeah. Like the the guy that chased them with a knife. They yeah. had to like get security. And when they cut, they I wrote about that. Popcorn, 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 popcorn. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah this is um, uh, <laughs> his safe words like pull me out, pull me out. Yeah, that was crazy. Wasn't he just like straight up peeing on that guy, or faking it anyway? Yeah. It's a weird little quote movie where it's almost surprising just to be like, oh, people still don't recognize Tiffany Haddish enough 
that she can yeah. she can run around apparently acting like that. Yeah. And people are just like, hey, is isn't that, that <laughs> isn't that a, a, a super famous well, Tiffany? I mean, how does she... maybe that makes the. I mean, maybe they're purposefully filling these things in underserved markets. That's possible, or. Uh, they film it and then someone does recognize her and they're like, shit, alright, we gotta come back the next day no. or whatever or in a couple of hours and redo it. Because they do show during the credits, like, oh, here's some of the alternates, the the people that didn't make it on uh, that we could use or whatever. I, it, and then we a, ended up using in the credits. Yeah, it's, you gotta use that big baby <laughs> snout the tail. How much, I mean, we gotta get this thing to 90 minutes. We have to justify it actually being a movie. There are multiple times where, for sure, like a movie like Jackass and stuff, like a quote movie like Jackass, there were times where I was like, "Shit, I would love to have been in a theater, like with people." Uh, you know, this would well, have been, been a great for comedic, the communal yeah. experience. Yeah, would have made it better. Would have made it more epic, more memorable. And then in that case, I wouldn't definitely wouldn't have to see it again because I just have the great movie theater experience mm-hmm. to to remember. But instead, I was home and alone and still laughing out loud by myself or just something. But. Oh, good for you. At least you laughed out loud. Yeah, I did. I was like, wow, that got me good. It's, it's, you gotta be on its wavelength. That's all. It's just, it's a comedy. It's goddamn comedy and it's so subjective. It's impossible to truly review comedy in a way that's like, well, I thought it was funny. What, you don't think it's funny? Then you're stupid. It's yeah. like, no, it's not how. It's not how comedy works. It's not how tastes work. Uh, as for it being a movie, it's like, yeah, uh, it's sort of had a plot of sorts. There are kind of characters in it. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, it, was, it was movie-ish. It was, sure. It was movie-ish. Maybe sure. one day they'll release the Snyder Cut version of this movie. <laughs> like, oh, I see now all this cool stuff that they cut out. Uh, but it's, it's on Netflix. It's fine. If you got Netflix, give give it a go. If within 10 minutes it's not your thing, you'll know. You'll know, yeah. you'll know pretty no, you'll quick. You'll know pretty quick if, you, if it's not for you. No. Lil Ray, is a, he's, he plays as a... Friend. His friend. He plays his friend. His road his road trip, buddy. Um, so there we go. That's it. That's the bad trip review. He, I saw another movie. I watched a very short movie, actually. It was It's on Shudder, and it's called Slacks. It was Billy Dee's That Did the Movies Review from last week. Okay. S-L-A-X-X. Slacks. Only two X's? Only two X's, because it's not porno slacks. Mm. They're murderous slacks. Okay. It's the this movie joins the pantheon of films of inanimate objects that murder. Yeah. Uh, which when I was trying to think about it, I was like, wow, there are a lot of movies about like cars that murder, like Christine you know? and Maximum Overdrive mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, but in this case, it's about a it's a Canadian made movie, and it's about open not opening night, but a a, a night in a, a, a clothing store where they are shutting down for the night so they can roll out some a brand new. Um, product which is these jeans that are like some sort of self not uh form-fitting jeans like ultra form-fitting jeans and a blogger like a vlogger who's a fashion vlogger influencer is going to show up that night to uh get a sneak peek put it on the and all that shit anyway the whole point is that then these jeans are murderous. So someone puts on the jeans. They're not supposed to, but the, the employee puts them on to wear them uh, that night. And then, uh, th- like, squeezes her in half and kills her. And, and then it, like, sucks up all the blood and uses the blood to, like, gain more power. And then it starts, like, the, by the end of the movie, the jeans are, like, they're flying around. I'm pretty sure it had a mouth with, like, teeth on it. Oh, man. The, but biting people's, like, limbs off and yeah. stuff. It's a very bloody movie. And the best part about it is that it happens pretty quickly. Uh, with the short runtime. 
the first person dies within, I want to say, like 10 minutes. Okay, nice. With, yeah, within like 20, 25 minutes, the stores and chaos. Because yeah. uh, first, it's like people getting picked off one by one, and then it's, it's all fucking, it gets all crazy. And then they explain why, the, the the reason why the genes are what's happening. And then it's this whole thing about um, working conditions and stuff like that, and companies that lie about uh, their sourcing and all that. And it's good. I enjoyed it. It's definitely a film festival type of movie. Yeah. It's definitely a type of movie I would see at a film fest. I'm like, oh, that's fun. And then it would pop up down the road on, on a streaming service. No, here we go, Chris. Here we go. It popped up down the road. Apparently, this must have been playing <laughs> at film fest and was a hit because now it's on Shutter. That was good. Slacks. I enjoyed it. That was some good stuff. Uh, TV-wise, I finished Shit's Creek last weekend. That's uh, a great show. I'm sad it's over. I wish there was more. And there's not. Uh, apparently, you're joining the multitudes. I'm, I'm the fan. <laughs> I'm, I'm amongst the fans now. I've joined that side. Uh, I'm totally into that show and all those characters. It's a surprisingly sweet show. Maybe that's part of the reason why uh, it's a good time to, to watch it. Because it, it, it was interesting, the character development that happens over the six seasons. But then also, it's just funny. Thank you, Times. It's good. People should watch it. If you haven't seen it, watch it. Uh, Mr. Mercedes, I think I brought this up before, right? Season yeah. three is on Peacock, so I've, I'm now almost halfway through the first season, and, uh, you know who's in fucking season three? Goddamn Dr. Senator. He's oh, a, nice. Dr. Senator's a judge. He's, he's <laughs> Judge Dr. Senator. Judge Dr. Senator. And he is a fucking ball buster bully hard ass. He's like, this, you guys are gonna work out a deal, and like, they can't work out a deal, and he gets so mad. Uh, he's great in it. Brendan Gleeson's obviously uh, awesome as the lead. It's really good. And I think this is another one where they're not doing any more after the season's done. It was already done a few years ago. No. And it's not even like there are any more uh, books based on the character. It's just over. So it's probably over anyway. Yeah. So once this is done, it's no more. No more Mr. Mercedes. It's fine. But it's fine. It's, no. it's, it was enjoyable three seasons, and it's out there for other people. I definitely recommend it. Since it's Stephen King, there's a little bit of the supernatural stuff going on, but it's definitely more of the mystery thriller side than the... Uh... We weird stuff. Yes. But there's still some weird stuff. Um, let me see. Talk about that. Talk about that. Oh, yeah. The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, episode two. Uh, Pretty good. I hear they're going deep into the Marvel canon with this show. Apparently like, they are. Pulling all sorts of weird names yes. and characters that most people have never seen or heard of. Yes, apparently talking about some old super soldiers that have aged and uh, an old black super soldier from, from Steve Rogers. So, like, so they're pulling a Watchmen? They sort of are, yeah. <laughs> they, they saw Watchmen like, oh yeah, I guess we could do that. So we already have that character, don't we? Um, this episode got more into, what's his name? John Walker... The Wyatt Russell character, who's the... U.S. agent. Yeah, well, he starts out as new Captain America, but I yeah. guess he's going to change into just U.S. agent mm -hmm. uh, at some point in the season. And so it gets more into him, because he was just introduced at very, very late at the end of the episode one. So episode two is more about him, and then also it's the first Bucky uh, Falcon team up, and they do a little mission where they fight these guys on a, on the top of some trucks, like Matrix-style fighting on top of a, a moving... Mm -hmm. Uh, semi, semi doing superhero shows. shit yeah doing superhero shit yeah that was, that, was, that was okay it's fine the action's pretty good it's an okay show so far uh, we'll see apparently the last week's the first episode was like the most watched uh, debut episode of anything yet on on uh, Disney Plus okay yeah so good already it's like their audience just getting bigger and bigger more people wanting to check this shit out so 
uh, whenever Black Widow eventually comes <laughs> out in theaters, I'm sure they'll be happy about that. Yeah. Uh, I watched a, the first half of Nailed It Season 5, uh, Episodes 1, 2, and 3. And it's at this point, it's Nailed It. If you don't know about Nailed It, you should know. And uh, if you're a fan of it, it, it it's... There's a new season. Rejoice. There's a new (laughs) season that just came out. Six episodes, baby. This one that's doing uh, teams instead of just one baker. There are two bakers working together. And it's the COVID season, so everyone's spaced far apart. (laughs) The the judge's table is more spaced out, and no one's... uh, They're trying to keep them... Like, anything that involved them getting together in the past seasons, they cut all that out. Mm. You know, instead of, like, rushing to pick whatever they're going to try to copy. Here's all your stuff. Yeah, it's like, (laughs) here's your stuff. What do you want? You want that one? Point to it. Don't move. Point to it. Okay. It's good. It's nailed it. I enjoy that show. Um, That's it. That's my media diet. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Some kind of of comedy heavy outside of old Mr. Mercedes. Because even Slacks is uh, pretty jokey funny. Mm. So what you uh, what you watch? Uh, speaking or see your speaking of week? comedy, I watched a couple uh, stand-up comedy specials. Nice. That uh, have you heard of Nate Bargatze? Yes, I watched two both of his Netflix specials. Right. It's funny, I guess. Mm. I don't know. Mm. I, I mean, more humorous because he's just so deadpan. Yeah. So pithy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I like, but I like, I like his style. So you watch both of them. I mean, yeah, but I watched both of them. Yeah, you liked it. No. How old are they at this point? At uh, this point? one's twenty nineteen, one's twenty twenty, and the the one one of them was definitely done during the pandemic. Oh wow, okay. Because it's it's a it's outside. Yeah. Uh, because they get uh bombed by helicopters a couple times. <laughs> so and, and he makes a point of joking about it. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> so uh, and everyone's got masks on and super distance. Wow. But the, the other one was 2019. So okay, all right. So recent then. No. So within the uh, last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, so good stuff. You you, you, yeah. you definitely recommend him. Yeah, he's he's funny, but he's also kind of stupid, which is funny. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> th- there's a fine line there. Absolutely. Yeah. Nate Margatsky. Yeah. He's 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 got those. Uh, He's got really dumb eyes. Like they're very, they're very wide and bright. And big, you can, yeah. Big wide dumb eyes. Uh-huh. That helps. Yeah. Visually, that helps too. It does. Like, oh, look at this big. Especially old... with, with his style of humor as well. Like, look at this big dummy. Yeah. Telling us, uh, all right, okay, okay. Uh, watch Thumb, that. Thumbs up for those. And then uh, on Netflix, I watched the uh, Planet Hulk animated movie. Um, Planet Hulk is that the old old Hulk? How's that? Work? No, that's How's that the. Work? Uh, Prisoner Hulk. Planet Plan Hulk's Prisoner. It's basically the the Hulk part of Thor, the Thor Ragnarok movie. Right. So he. That, that, I mean, it is that storyline. He gets took, turned into a gladiator. Well, he get he he gets, he gets, purposefully, pushed into space mm. by, the Avengers because he's fucking. He's psycho. Hulk. He's hulking. He's hulking <laughs> yeah, they can't fix him. Yeah, yeah. So and then he goes on his own Planet Hulk adventure. Is uh, it is it good? No, I mean, like I said, it's the if if you watch Thor Ragnarok, you w- watched a very shortened version of Planet Hulk. Um, how how long is it? Uh, it's probably like just under an hour and a half. And what and what'd you watch? It's on Netflix. It's on Netflix. Okay, okay. No, it's pretty good. Pretty good. No, no, okay. Who does the uh, the voices anyone uh, I didn't just, pay any attention just whatever just yeah. a bunch of does it look like uh, it's be- especially it's, cool looking it's, or is it's, it just kind of basic I mean it's just kind of basic but it's better than most of the Marvel stuff that I've seen for some reason okay like, like okay. Marvel tends to cheap out on their animation more so than DC does yeah. it seems anyway yeah DC uh, usually spends a little more money 
It's, it's almost as, it's disappointing when you see a DC animated movie. You're like, oh, this looks really chintzy. No. Right? Exactly. Um, okay. Plan of Hulk. Plan of Hulk. Getting the thumbs up. And then on HBO Max, yeah. I watched uh, Teen Titans Go versus Teen Titans. Okay. How, so how does this work? Multiverse. Duh. Oh. Okay. okay. <laughs> fair, fair, fair. So, versus you know, it's, the... It, 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 it's the weird, funny, loser Teen Titans versus... Apparently that there was another point in time. They actually talk about it on Teen Titans Go quite often that there was a a more serious cartoon version that was done earlier that they always allude to that I never watched. So mm. it's it's one cartoon versus the other. Uh, Multiverse style, and they team up at the end. There's and, a there's a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles version of this that I want to see, where it's the '80s cartoon, like early 2000s, and the more recent one. And they all get together. They all to get together. Multiverse style, but they do a lot of making fun of the '80s guys, no. which is kind of a that's a bummer. That's the shit I grew up on. Those are my guys. Why are you making, yeah. why are you making fun of my guys? Pizza power, dude. Yeah, pizza, pizza power guys. Well, they're my guys. You guys won't even be here, man. <laughs> uh, Enjoyable, good stuff, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I'm a big fan of the Teen Titans Go. Does it lean into? Is it? Is it like a Teen Titans Go? Yes. Right, and yeah. then it's and then Teen the other Titans, Titans Go Titans versus in. Teen Titans. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. It's very Teen Titans Go heavy. Okay, gotcha. So it has that that humor, that style, that weirdness. That's fun. I like that. Yeah. I've only seen a little bit of the Teen Titans Go, but what I've seen, I liked. Yeah, it's a, it, it's a just, it's a weird little cartoon. Yeah, it is strange and strange and fun. Yeah, I mean irreverent. Ha- yes. My, my my favorite part is all the shit that goes on in the background and like the because they're like misfits and losers and fuck ups and every once in a while like actual heroes come in and they're just like what the fuck is going on here yeah <laughs> that's true yeah yeah but but like when the real world they're, they're quote real world for them pops up around them like wait a second what yeah no exactly and they're re- and in their in their real world they have like the inside of the titan's tower has like the best posters and weird little bullshit i mean there's they have a dark side plushie that's just like sitting next to the couch that's awesome <laughs> but in their world like dark side's real he's real they still have <laughs> yeah. so yeah yeah, it's weird. Well, people had uh, Charles Manson posters. Yeah, I'm right? sure they did. In, in did, college. did they? Yeah, on on yeah, college dorm rooms. That's weird. I'm edgy, man. Uh, psychopathic, maybe? No, no, I'm cool, bro. Nope. I'm so dark. And I mean, I was dark too, but I'm not. I mean, fuck, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Uh, so thumbs up yeah thumbs up alright that's four thumbs up so far we're running out of thumbs uh, what else we got going on in the media diet that's it nothing. You, didn't, you didn't read nothing nope. this week Mm-mm. you didn't listen to any podcasts no I don't li- I don't listen to podcasts oh did you, do you watch any video blogs on YouTube no not e- don't really listen to don't no. watch YouTube that much at all ever really uh okay then <laughs> I'm an old man. Well, that's fine, Dan. You don't have to. If you don't want to, you don't have fucking to. Fucking Australian Sam. Listen, fucking. I'm not. It's not Christmas yet. <laughs> I got nothing else to do, mate. All right. I'm sitting around. I'm waiting. The elves make the toys themselves. I ain't got it. They know what they got to do. We've been doing this for years. We have a whole system worked out. And I'm bored. So I'm here. <laughs> and I'm sorry. I'm sorry, mate. We're going to head out to the beach. We're going to take a break. I'm going to head out to the beach. I'm going to go to Daytona. They got some tasty waves. A nice point break happening out there. Some long workable rides. I'm going to listen to the point break episode from patreon.com slash guys. I'm just going to go. Bye. Bye. Bye, Santa. <laughs> Bye, Santa.
Why are you, why are you so mad at Santa for? He just he was just hanging out quietly for a second there. Yeah, until he's not so why, quiet. I, I don't know why he spoke up there. Yeah, he should have spoke up, actually. I said, Santa, you can hang out in the studio, but you're not allowed to speak up. For people who don't know, when Australia Santa doesn't speak, he's invisible. <laughs> yeah. And then once he speaks, he's like, whoa, you've been here the whole time? That's right, mate. Santa, get out of here. All right. We are going to take a break. And we're going to be back in the second half with uh, a returning segment plus newsies, newsies, boozies. All right. Okay. Bye. And we are back, baby. How's it going, Drusa Cogburn? How are you, sir? Chris Crespo, I'm, I'm well. We got the uh, vaccinations and open up here in the States. I don't know what I'm doing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> making small talk. <clears throat> Guys, how are you doing at home? Are you hanging in there? You're doing okay? It's been a year of the pandemic, or more than a year now, if you count the fact that we... Got rumblings about it in December. I think we start hearing about it. Mystery flu in China. Uh, man, those are the days where it's like, hey, maybe we'll get it, maybe not. They talk about swine flu all the time. That shit ever got here. Full on world pandemic. Isn't that crazy? That's crazy. But we're here. It's not, it's not the first time. It, it, it definitely won't be the last. Well, it's our first. It's my first time. <laughs> Jesus Christ. People are like, yeah, I had before 1918. I was around in 1917, whatever it was. Well, so, I mean, we had, we've had enough weird scares here. In, I mean, Zika was huge here in Florida for a while. W- when was that, though? That was just a couple years ago. Was it really? No, it was like five, maybe five years ago. I wasn't paying attention to Zika. No? <laughs> if you're a pregnant lady and you get bit by a mosquito, you have weird waterhead babies. Oh, that's not good. I don't want no water baby. Unless, but, but aren't water babies like... Are you talking about Aquariuses? No, I'm talking about water heads. Oh. Like they have giant swollen heads. That's that's not and good. Some weird birth defect that the Zika virus gives pregnant ladies. That's that's not good. No. That's bad. I thought I thought Zika meant you're going to have your kid uh, in April or whenever, <laughs> whenever Aquarius is. Remember the Age of Aquarius, maybe? Yeah. Age of Aquarius. See, I told you it was a musical jukebox episode. Um, Drew shuts it down with the anti-musical equation. Drew, Drew side. <laughs> uh, I mean, Dark side's got some good ideas. That's all I'm saying. What I'm saying. <laughs> he wants to go around and slave planets, band musicals. Like oh, we're we're forward. We're, we're all forward. We're good for it. Um, cinema Crespediso at gmail dot com. That is our email address. You can email us, and we'll read it on the show, and then we'll interact with the words that you write in a way that gives us uh, uh content to fill up uh, roughly ninety minutes or so. That's the give and take of all this. True. <laughs> Ron got at us. What up, Ron? I, I I really enjoyed the the title of his email. What's the, what's his email title? Do insects know joy? Question mark. Oh boy. <laughs> I don't think so. You don't think so? No. But they know they know work. No. Because like like think of ants. Mm-hmm. 
Consider the ants. <laughs> consider the lowly ants. Consider the, consider the lowly ants. Uh, alone, it does nothing. But as a colony, as an army, it can move mountains. It literally does so on a daily basis, Drusa Cogman. If they can organize in such a way, don't they feel joy at their accomplishment by the end? Do so, they no. not look at the new mountain and they look at the queen and they know. they derive joy? How about the bee? Consider the bee, Drusa Cogman. So, no. The bee works for the queen. You have to work of bees and you have the queen bee. and the queen works for us and does the queen not experience joy from all the probably. honey that its workers bring to it Pro- probably not consider the mosquito yeah definitely not doesn't the mosquito get <laughs> joy from drinking I your blood and then so. giving that blood nope. to a pregnant woman and then giving them a water baby I don't think so <laughs> wow poor insects what lonely lives they lead yeah. hi Drew hi Ron Hope you are well as you read this. I am honored to hear my words come out of your dulcet tones. Mm-hmm. Tell Chris hi. Hey, Ron. Hey, buddy. From Ron. I'm, I'm sure he knows it's me now. I think, I, think yeah. I, I picked up on who it was. <laughs> you can also tell him that movie theater is open here in Cali. Yes. I was looking for some vax around town, but none could be found. But this is a happy surprise. Lifted my dying spirit to the max since my... Since my go-to AMC is one of the big ones in LA, it was stadium seating sparsely laid out. Nice. I saw nobody. I actually, I, I want to see this. That's out, man. People are seeing no, it. I want to see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, Once the Regal opens here, we'll go see it. It's, it's what's his face doing, John Wick. It's it's Bob Odenkirk. Yeah. He trained. We talk about this on the show. He's, he trained for two to three years so he can do John Wick. Yeah, so he, <laughs> so he can do an action movie where he, he's like purposely was like, I want to get my ass beat. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Every scene, I want to get beat up. Uh, I saw no nobody, which is a surprise flick, and I am really glad it's my first of the new year. Nice. It has some real good moments that treats the audience as intelligent humans. Doc Brown is a surprise hit. Yeah, Christopher Lloyd's in it. Bob does it well. So I smell a John Wick universe crossover, question mark? Oh, that'd be fun. Uh, the choreography is real, and the scenario is fantastical, so I enjoyed a lot. Y'all probably will, too. Uh, if anything like Boondock or John Wick, then the shall, this shall as well. Being in L.A., I think they got us with a survey. Because the one they asked me to fill out was about COVID and my reason to return to the theater. Oh, wow. And the remaining 20% was about the movie. Wow. So I am part of the data poll that Chris shall read about in three weeks. <laughs> well, I am off to bed. I want to get this out before I get drunk off mimosas or play Super Smash Brothers with trading of BJs, whichever comes first. <laughs> Stay chill. Ron Ron. Cut to three weeks from now. I'm reading the LA Weekly article. Oh, it says here 100% of... Uh, uh, handsome gay black men polled said that they love going to movie theaters and they're excited to go back. Oh, I wonder who that. I wonder who that is. Not only are theaters open in California, to open in LA County, which mm-hmm. we talked about last week, that's uh, 10% of the goddamn North American box office is LA County. Uh, so the fact that that is open now, um, Exhibitors, it's not even just exhibitors, but the, the the studios can now be like, all right, now we have places to show our movies to make money. Wait a minute. T- Tenants getting re-releases. You're, you're telling me Hollywood's a movie town? No. What? The industry <laughs> town? The, 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 what? That's crazy. I don't believe it. It'd be like uh, when Detroit was a Ford town, but everyone's driving around and like uh, Chevy's. <laughs> The, yeah, Tenet's getting a really small IMAX re-release right now before, um, some, like, movies like Godzilla and stuff come in and, oh, and, and kind of take, take up those shit. screens. But it, it's making a little bit of extra cash. 
Uh, it opened in New York when New York reopened a few weeks ago. So I think we mentioned that Tenet pulled a theatrical temporal pincer somehow. Somehow, mm-hmm. somehow they did it. Theatrical release. I'm putting this over here. I'm not anywhere near the microphone. Nope. This is terrible. Yeah. It's really bad audio. Bad, uh, mm-hmm. Come on, you can do it. Oh, man, I shouldn't have done that extra dab. No, I should have. I should have. Done no, you should have. Totally, yeah. I should have done an extra 100%. dab. Is what I, I didn't do enough. You, you, you didn't double dab it. So the... Um, I can't actually click this right here. The, uh, yeah, Tenet opened. Then it came out on home video. And then it opened in theaters. That's that's crazy. Mm-hmm. How do you pull that shit off? It's te- like you said, temporal pincer. You gotta be some Christopher Nolan type shit to do that. Uh, you can also comment slash question us and our motives in our Facebook group. When I put up the comment question thread, I did one this week. No one used it. That's fine. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> you sound like so you kind of do. Yeah, so <laughs> kind of sound like you do. I don't Chris. give a fuck if you use it, guys. All right, I don't care. It's on you. Fuck! Fuck! I don't know why I do this anymore. No. Uh, Seriously, delete your Facebook account, guys. It's bad. It's bad, okay? And also, I think I mentioned Patreon.com slash Crespity. So we got 12 months of Batman going on. We just put out our episode on the 1933 King Kong, uh, which obviously uh, I picked that movie ahead of uh, Godzilla vs. Kong coming out this week. Guys, oh, things have a reason. Sometimes we're happening. Um, we have a certain JCVD movie about to come out here pretty soon that uh, I think people are going to enjoy. If you want a hint as to what it is, uh, uh, he plays a fire marshal. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know. Weirdly, doesn't really tell you. Anything. No. What, what movie is no. that? I think it would make more sense in that movie if he was a security guard. Yeah. Right? Well, or any, right? Anything. Anything other than... I'm a fire marshal. I mean, one of the hockey players. I'm a fire oh. marshal. Oh. <laughs> um, Patreon.com slash Chris So sign up, guys. It's super cool. And let's see here. What we got going on? That's fine. That's there. Okay. So we got news. We got news. Here we go. Well, the first thing I actually had pulled up was the fact that with LA County open, New York is open. Big markets are open. So Regal Cinemas put out a thing. Well, first off. The, the timing of it was very interesting. The first thing I saw online was a newly brokered deal between Warner Brothers and Regal Cinemas, technically Cineworld. Okay. That's the UK parent yeah. company, right? And uh, they came to a deal where starting in the year 2022, mm-hmm. Warner Brothers movies will play... In a theater, specifically Regal theaters, but all theaters, for 45 days before they come out on any other sort of uh, platform, which means... Their streaming service. Yes. So this, uh, we're putting out movies... Because I think they'd realized that uh, there's a large market for people streaming brand new movies into their home. There's a market for that, but also they realize that they don't want to kill the cash cow that is uh, box office revenue, which... Mm -hmm. Um, for the years 2018 and 2019, $23 billion in revenue for those two years. Uh, a record for for box office revenue over a two-year span. That's a lot of money. Um, movie theaters are not... I mean, everyone, the whole movie theaters are dying. They've, it, it's been a dying industry since it started in the 1920s. So uh, it's, it's still very viable. Still billions of dollars we made. 
Warner Brothers is the one to fuck that up. So this whole we're gonna put out movies in theaters and on HBO Max at the same time for 2021. It truly is gonna be only for 2021. Yeah. As 2022. I mean, uh, this uh, deal uh, kicks unless, in. Unless for some reason, like the COVID, we get COVID 20. Like COVID 21, maybe. <laughs> Come on, what's this new? What am I reading about here? Uh, push notification. Uh, Australian virus. Santa. Fuck. Um. He just came here to fucking pass that shit on to us, didn't he? He did. That son of a bitch. Why would he do that? Meanwhile, so that news comes out. Like, two hours later, Cineworld puts out the statement that, all right, now theaters are going to be reopening in some markets starting uh, April 2nd, which will be just in time for uh, Godzilla v. Kong and all that. And then in other markets uh, over the next few weeks. So throughout the month of April, Regals will be opening up around the country. Uh, also, it was released that they took a $3 billion loss over those six months yeah. as they were closed. Mm-hmm. So they're happy sure. to be open. Meanwhile, so many things, so many things happening. All this is, you know, interrelated, obviously. Disney Plus. After Regal says we're opening, things are happening in April. Then Disney Plus said, okay, here's our strategy. This is our announcement. This is what we're doing. Certain movies will be coming out at in theaters and will be available on Disney Plus with that $30 early access thing, mm-hmm. uh, which they did for Mulan no. and which they did now for Raya and the Last Dragon. Which is getting great reviews. That's another one. Once this Regal's open, I want to go see Raya in a big, big screen. Um, Raya, Raya, I don't want to say it. The Black Widow, it got pushed one month into June. So that'll be theaters. And that'll be in theaters, but also for 30 bucks extra, you could see it on Disney+. Plus. Fuck that. That's, those deals are only good if you're like if a theaters family. Are closed. Theaters are closed, yeah. or if you're a family of three oh. or more. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're a family of three or more, they you're saving money. Yeah, and then you're, at that point you're saving money, but you're also giving up the experience of being in a movie theater. So it depends on how much you actually care do, about that. Do you really want to bring the kids to the movie theater? Some people don't give a shit. <laughs> they, some people want to go to the theater and they'll bring their kids. I mean, I can understand leaving the kids at the movie theater. Yeah, well, that was, you know, I did that for sure. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to go spend the afternoon at the movie theater. Okay, that's fine. At least I know where you're at for the next six hours. Maybe. I mean, as long as someone ganks me. You know, we didn't really think that far. It was fine. It was a different different time in the 90s. The 90s. Uh, and uh, so Black Widow and Cruella are part of that deal. Okay. And um, what's the animated Pixar movie? Luca, about the kid growing up in Italy. That is going to soul route, okay. or it's just going to be on Disney Plus. Yeah. Here you go, guys. So uh, we'll see how that works out. I'm cool with that. Yeah, a mix. So they're doing a mix of yeah. all the things now. Uh, I have a couple stories here. This is my the segment of the show. It used to be sort of. Uh, oh wait, you hear that sound? Oh shit! You hear that, Drew? No, no. That's because I put the sound in afterwards. Afterwards. Yeah, and, so, and we're doing this live. Yeah, so and I can't we're hear doing it. it. So you're yeah. not actually hearing mm-hmm. it. That's how I me mean. the sign for. Oh shit! Chris Reeves. Oh my god. 
Chris Reed's Oh My God? I know, what, is, what, what is Oh My God? Chris Reed's Oh My God. It's the draft of my new Bible. So uh, Christopher Maloney is on the back of the draft of your new Bible? Exactly. That's weird. Christopher, Christopher <laughs> Maloney is in negotiations to play my new Jesus in the new New Testament. It's been a while since we've had a New Testament. I, I, I mean, about 2,000 years, yeah. So I think we're going to have to add uh, another another book. To the, I'm not agreeing. So here we go. This is Chris or Reed's we, or we Oh can, My God, written by Chris Crespo. Or, or we can throw in some of those wacky old ones that, that have been taken out over the years. I've drawn a lot of, <clears throat> quote, inspiration from those, i.e. copy-paste, uh-huh. uh, search for name, replace it with Christopher Maloney. Cool. Time for Chris Crespo Reads Entertainment Weekly, so you don't have to. Here we go, Drew. Entertainment Weekly came in this week. We got a, It's a Space Jam issue. Ooh. A lot of talk on LeBron James and why he did it. And, uh, why? Because, because, I mean... Because money. Yeah, because money. I mean, he he didn't move to L.A. to not get into the entertainment Exactly. Business. Exactly. <laughs> and Space Jam is a direct one-to-one parallel. It's perfect. It's perfect for him. Ain't here to talk about Space Jam, though. He's just on the cover. I'm here. To, uh, I did pull a few things. I actually think I have more than three things, but some of them are really short. And yes, Drew, one of them does actually feature Christopher Maloney. Okay. And not just this ad on the back I was of the... Say, I just saw his face in the back and I was like, what? Staplers. Stabler? Staplers coming home. Okay. Um, I mean, everybody needs a good stapler. Aldous, Aldous Hodge. This guy? <coughs> Aldous Hodge, this guy? Okay, that right. guy. Yeah, 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 he's blowing up a lot lately. Uh, we got a... They got pull the thing here. What is this? This is even... Uh, oh, that's, that's another ad. God damn it. It's like the internet. So many ads in this thing. Uh, the Mustless. It's part of the Mustless. They're talking about Aldous Hodge and some of his roles. And I found this interesting. Most recently, he played like the best friend in The Invisible Man, right? He was, yeah. he was helping uh-huh. sh- to shelter uh, the, uh, the yeah. girl. Um, he was um, in One Night in Miami. He played Jim Brown, okay. right? So he, he's popping up in a bunch of stuff. He has season two of City on a Hill, a Showtime show with Kevin Bacon. He's going to be okay. in that. And uh, right now, he's filming Black Adam. For oh. the, he's uh, who is it? Hawkman. Hawkman. Oh, nice. He's Hawkman in the DC universe. Now. Yeah, he's Hawkman. He's Hawkman for uh, yeah, Fun. For, for Dwayne Johnson's Black Adam. That's gonna be a wacky fucking movie. It's gonna be wacky. Uh, but I found this very interesting. As a matter of fact, uh, Aldous Hodge is also. Can you see pictured here the very very top? Uh, you see these two children, and there's the tall skinny kid. Mm-hmm. Look at that young young child, Aldous Hodge. That's from Die Hard with a Vengeance. Oh, he's one of the kids in the fucking punch out? In, in the very beginning, he's <laughs> like one of Samuel Zeus's nephews. Yeah. Is that fucking Aldous Hodge. Nice. Now, this is funny. So, um, 1995, he was seven years old. He played Raymond. Um, he, he said he didn't even know who Bruce Willis and Samuel Jackson were at that point. Yeah, duh. But then later, this points out, he played CIA agent Foxy in the 2013 movie A Good Day to Die Hard. <laughs> All right. So he's been in two Die Hard movies. Yes. Uh, he had to keep quiet about being in the, in the third one to get the role. He didn't let anyone know that he was actually in that one. Uh, and then he jokes that he's, he says that Raymond grew up to be Foxy. So that's pretty, I just want to point that out there. That's I, funny. I, I like Aldous Hodge. He seems like a, a pretty good pretty good actor. Well, he's been in two Die Hard movies. Yeah, no, so he's been in two, that's, that's some sneaky shit. <laughs> that is some sneaky, sneaky shit. Oh, I don't even know. What am I looking at here? This is... Uh, Aldous Hodge is now like an integral part of the Die Hard universe. Yeah, he is. 
Yeah, he's the linchpin that holds it all together. Without him, it all falls apart. It doesn't make any sense. It's like he's like the Doctor Strange of of the Die Hard universe. Uh, this is the section, the cold open and mouthful of pop culture. Uh, there's a Nicole Byer thing in here. Speaking of nailed it, I'm a big Nicole Byer fan. Main main reason I'm really watching the show that and the cakes. Yeah. It's like I want Nicole Byer and, and I, I want, want some awful cakes. cakes. I want awful cakes and then I want some jokes. Apparently, she's also hosting the reboot of Wipeout on TBS. Oh, Wipeout's coming back. Wipeout's fun. Wipeout's fun. And we're going to have her hollering over it. No. Oh, come on. I'm in. She, she's all giggle crazy. Probably eats an edible before the, before this, she shows up. And then here she has a little little anecdote about um, auditioning for a musical. Speaking of musicals, actually. Um, auditioning for a regional musical production of Grease. And... Uh, she can't sing, can't carry a tune, showed up with no sheet music, and it, it was just a poor, poor, yeah. poor. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I thought that was, I thought that was cute. Like, I just like Nicole Byer. She's, uh, there's a lot, a lot of stuff in this, actually. Uh, here we go. Here's your boy. Look at that. That's a guy. Yeah. Look at, from Maloney. Look at this. Is, yeah, yeah. That's definitely a, a post-refrigerator coital face. Right oh, yeah, there. definitely. I was about to say, it's the refrigerator fucker himself. The refrigerator fucker. Um, I pulled some things from this little profile on him and his return to the Law and Order universe. I didn't even realize that he's he left under sort of contentious circumstances like a decade ago. Seriously, it does. It, how could it even matter? The residuals that you get from working on Law and Order have got to be able to fucking pay off whatever. That's probably <laughs> that's probably why he has no ill feelings about it at all. Dude, it's in constant there. Every single day, there is a channel that is playing a Law and Order episode yeah. from somewhere. Yeah, I think that's why he can't. That's why he's not upset about. Um, so, but he also realized that it's everywhere. That's so much money is being made. Yeah. So, um, when his last contract negotiation came up, the word is that they didn't want to meet his number. So he was like, "Well, then I'm walking away." And then, uh, at the start of the next season. They're like, oh yeah, Steve, he retired, and so he's, that's why he's not right. back. And that was like a decade ago already. Okay. Um, but now we got Law and Order, organized crime. Dun, dun, dun. Thank you very much. And uh, Stabler's coming back for this one. Dick Wolf hit him up. Was like, I got an idea. And he was like, All right, here we go. We'll do it. And where did I? Uh, let's see. Oh, there will be a one crossover episode with. Um, SVU okay. to, to set up organized crime, to set up that he's back and all that, and to give him a moment with uh, Mar Marissa Hargitay, her character, mm -hmm. uh, Benson. Um. Oh, and then this we'll see, we will see about this. But apparently, this Law and Order show they're going to try is going to try to stand apart from all the other Law and Order spinoffs. In that, it's not necessarily a case of the week. Okay. Right. It's it's organized crime. So it could be yeah. So it's a, it just keeps going over yeah over the case of a, a course of a season yeah. they're like trying to so it's kind of more like the wire then yeah it's gonna be more like a like one of your prestige type yeah, shows so every every season will be a case as opposed to every episode right so the executive producer Eileen Chaikin Chaikin I don't know uh, she has not done any other Law and Order type show she hasn't done any CSI she is not from that world of TV. She's worked on her credits include the L Word and um, Empire and The Handmaid's Tale. So yeah, drama, heavy drama, heavy drama. And I mean, 
sounds like shows that people like. She says, it's not a case of the week, because organized crime doesn't work in that way. It's an episodic show. The episodes will stay on their own, but the stories will play out over the course of a whole season. Um, they're going to get into Stabler's home life. You know, he's a ex-Marine in Queens with a wife and five kids. You know, Stabler's Jesus. got five kids. This, this dude be fucking, I guess maybe he's Catholic also. They mentioned that. Um... Also, he's going to be a little less rage-filled than he was in um, SVU. Since he's the lead, he doesn't have Benson to bounce him. So they're going to pull that back a bit, apparently. Okay. And... I didn't know that was... I didn't watch a lot of sex crimes. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, I just watched a little bit of it. But uh, this quote here is that Benson was the empathy. Stabler was the id. Okay. So that was the, the whole dynamic, apparently, between the two. So, oh, that's interesting. Okay, I get it. I get it. So, uh, yeah, old Maloney getting his own show there. I mean, I really enjoyed watching it. Watching him as retired Stabler in Happy. Right, yeah. <laughs> that, 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 that was more the Stabler, but I figured Stabler would go through that, the end. That's, that's another thing, too, that the article points out. That after he left Law & Order, he, why, why be mad about that when he went on to do all this yeah. other stuff? Including Happy. It brings oh. up Happy. Got to be the lead on that. They did two seasons of it, they, right? I didn't watch the second one, but the first one was fucking weird, man. So just, <laughs> there you go. Uh, moving on here. Uh, got a weird two-page spread between Zack Snyder and Eric Andre. Uh, this one, this Zack Snyder thing was... Uh, let me see. What are they asking? Oh, is... is how is, did you get HBO to pay you 100... How, how, 75 million? Well, yeah, <laughs> didn't spend 75 million because he, he didn't take a dime of it. That's why. None of it went to him. And then profits go to um, suicide Brothers. prevention. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and Warner Brothers, too. No. Yeah. But you can be mad at charity. Warner Brothers can be mad at charity. Uh, uh, um, um, influences. Zack Snyder influences. He throws out Joseph Campbell, who's like very much like a dog. Yeah, the, yeah, the power. I mean, come on. The power of myth. <laughs> exactly. Um, Star Wars for number two. Number three, uh, author Richard Bach. Okay. He wrote uh, Jonathan Livingston Siegel about the... The bird, the bird book from the seventies. Nope. Um, the John Borman nineteen eighty one movie Excalibur. It's a medieval fantasy movie. He loves it so much that he put Excalibur on the uh, on a marquee in Batman vs Superman at one point. It's weird. Um, German photographer Helmut Newton. So people can Google that, see yeah. what see what's influencing Zack Snyder there, and finally Heavy Metal magazine. Duh. Hot hot metal. <laughs> Duh. Um, Eric Andre. I mean, 300's like Frank Miller meets heavy metal. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that works. That's all good. That works. This is it. This is the last thing I pulled from for, from this thing, but it's uh, Eric Andre. Uh, three little things here. One was about how when he was in 12th grade, he thought it would be funny to, instead of Chris Farley would like smash his head against like lockers and stuff mm -hmm. to, to be like get a laugh. So Eric Andre's like, oh, what if I did that, but with one of those uh, break here in case of emergency, like glass. Well, sometimes there's sensors attached to that. that that's too. But he, he he tried it and he just, of course, glass in his head and, yeah. and he cut himself up. Mm -hmm. uh, and then he tried to uh, just, like go to class. He was walking around. And he's bleeding. Yeah, he's just forehead. bleeding everywhere. So like, you got to go to the nurse. He went to the nurse. Like, you got to go to the ER. And then yeah. they had to re, by that point, had to like reopen his head to get glass out of there. Here's his quote. Um, it sucked. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. That's, that's a fun Duh. Um, this is super funny. Uh, in season five of the Eric Andre show, he says, quote, I put K 
cake up my ass during a Diane Guerrero interview. I had to look up Diane Guerrero. Remember the few episodes of Doom Patrol that you, you may have seen yeah, a while vaguely. ago? She's the little, the smaller chick who's like wears a leather jacket. She's like the tough chick. Uh, oh. I, I bet she's like sort of a breezy type. Yeah, the, the schizophrenic or whatever. Yeah, schizophrenic. Yes, that's what she is. She's schizophrenic. Anyway, Diane Guerrero. Uh, we got on a boofing kick in the writer's room. That's such a funny word and a funny way to take drugs in your asshole. We write it as a question. You ever boof cheesecake? But in the interview, I was like, if I don't actually boof the cheesecake, it's not going to have any effect. That was not a great physical sensation. It was like hot dairy melting between my butt cheeks. She reached out to me later and was like, I fell in love with the show when you boofed that cheesecake. Her publicist was unhappy with me. <laughs> All right, so uh, Eric Andre boofed some cheesecake, and then he talks about here um, having a knife was... pulled on him for, for on the yeah on, on that movie on, yeah. on that movie. Yeah. And then the guy was like, when they told him it was a hidden camera show, he was like, "Y'all are hilarious, but you shouldn't do these pranks around here. Or you're going to get killed." Yeah. <laughs> words to the word, words from the wise to the wise. Word, the, word to the wise. There is what, what's going on. Thank you, Christopher Maloney Jesus, for this week's episode of Oh My God by Chris Crespo, featuring the works of Entertainment Weekly. This segment brought to you by Audible. Sponsor me at Audible. You can sign up for Audible today. <laughs> get seventy five percent off your uh, your favorite books read by your favorite authors. Just use promo code Drusa Cogburn loves you, <laughs> and you'll get seventy five percent off. And if that code doesn't work, contact Audible. <laughs> Don't ask me about it. Okay, that's between you and them. Um. Okay. Here we go. Back to the news. We got. Uh. Oh yeah. So this is we used to do this week in rape culture. Mm-hmm. Pretty heavy stuff. Yeah. It got it got psychically it got pretty dark there. Yeah. We were spiraling. I was drinking heavy. <laughs> I was calling around looking for opium dealers. Thank God that fell through. Having know. weird dreams. Mm. It was bad stuff. So we pulled that back. But I do enjoy pointing out the good old hypocrisy of liberal Hollywood and mm-hmm. how that's all that's a full of shit thing. They're just in a bubble. Where they do a little bit, pat themselves on the back, and they think it's enough, and it's not enough, right? And meanwhile, when they have the chance to have actual affect actual change, they're like, no, 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 no thank you. But we might make like fifty million dollars in the Chinese market, so I don't think we should actually, you know, recognize that Tibet has sovereignty. Yeah, no, of course not. Why would you do that? That's why Richard Gere claims like he has he's had no career for the last twenty years because he's there to speak up about Tibet. And they're like, well, oh, is that, that what he says? That's what he says. And I mean, the Chinese government does really like, I mean, look I, at who. I mean, yes, but movies but I, get released. But I don't think he's got that kind of pull. But that's another thing, though. It's like Richard Gere. When was the last time you were a primal fear? Was a long time ago, buddy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You ain't no American gigolo no mo. You had your day, Gear. That could just be some uh, entitled white man shit. Okay, get it. how does this? How does this even happen? Get this out of here. Oh, there we go. It's an X. Um, so here we go. Let's talk about some uh, some Hollywood liberalism uh, hypocrisy bullshit. There's a documentary about the um, Jamal Khashoggi murder, the okay. journalist who yeah. was killed in the Turkish embassy. Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought it was Saudi embassy. Thank you so much. Yeah, Saudi that's, why, that's why we need these documentaries out here so we get these oh. facts straight through the Congress. And also, I could do some reading, but you know, no, we're busy. Um. The Dissident is the name of the documentary. It premiered at the Sundance Film Festival. 
they knew it was going to be a tough sell, but they weren't expecting to be frozen out. I'm talking about the director and the producers. Um, the movie features audio recordings of the murder, the participation of Khashoggi's fiance, um, details on the Saudi hacking efforts, infiltration of Jeff Bezos' cell phone in the audience at Sundance. Hillary Clinton, Alec Baldwin, Reed Hastings, who's the Netflix chief executive. Um, the guy who made this movie also made um, the Russian doping documentary Icarus. Oh, that, for, was, that was fucking super interesting. And it won the Academy Award that year. Right. So you would think, okay, the guy did Icarus. Like People know about that movie. Yeah. It won awards. Uh, surely with that amount of talent, they could make something watchable out of this tough subject matter. Um, here we go. We're talking about at the screening, Fogel, the director, implored media companies not to be scared off. In my dream of dreams, distributors will stand up to Saudi Arabia. Um, he was hopeful that Netflix, Amazon, HBO, or others would step forward. Anyone that could give the film a global platform. However, none of the streamers had asked for an advanced look at the dissident which is something that can be expected for such a high-profile documentary from a filmmaker coming off an Oscar. So basically, even before the movie came out at Sundance, like people who would have been interested should have been, hey, can we get a copy to watch this ahead of time? No one asked for it. And then when it played at Sundance, there are people in the audience who could have been making those decisions. No one reached out to them. Well, how much of the money that they have is actually Saudi prince money? Aha. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes, how much money is propping up these companies and propping up these people's lifestyles? Comes from the goddamn Sauds, the House of Saud. Um, Fogel, we're going to get behind this film. Wait, no, I jumped too far forward. Many of the major streamers were actually there that day, not their heads of content, their CEOs. I would have hoped that would have led to we're going to get behind this film, but it didn't. We didn't have an offer for $1, let alone $1 million. Um, He points out here that there's a documentary called Boy State which was available at last year's Florida Film Festival, and then it played at Sundance. And it's about 17-year-olds um, playing politics in Texas. And it's supposed to be a pretty well-made movie. Um, that sold for $12 million. All right. So there's money to be made out there. Money, There's money for these documentaries. Yeah. They won't even offer them that. So it will debut on demand. Um, actually, by the time you hear this, people, it is out there on demand. It was acquired by Briarcliff Entertainment, independent distributor founded by Tom Ortenberg, veteran film executive who distributed Spotlight and Snowden. Oh, there we go. Yep, for um, Open Road Films. So apparently it's like a guy who's a distributor for a, a bigger company. Open Road is a AMC Regal team up to distribute films. Um, so apparently he worked for them, and now he's uh, doing this one on his own with his own company. So there's going to be a two-week run in 200 theaters. And then it'll be available for rent on iTunes, Amazon, and Roku. All right. There you go. So people may or may not see this movie. I say, people, keep an eye out for it. Support it. Hollywood doesn't want you to see it because they're afraid of us knowing about the, all that Saudi shit. But fuck them. Um, the Dissident should be available out there for people to see now or eventually. Um, doubling down. On the liberal bullshit of Hollywood. Sean Young. Okay. Gave a little interview. Uh, this is a variety. Talking about um, some of the shit that she's put up with over the years. It's an interview with the Daily Beast. And 
see. Let's, let's pull some of the some of the good stuff. She uh, says that she intimidated David Letterman when she did an interview <laughs> on his show. That's a, one more sneeze. One more sneeze. <laughs> there we go. Good stuff. All right. And uh, she had armpit hair, and apparently that uh, that threw him off. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, how? What, when was this? Ooh, late eighties, early nineties. Eh, that's why. Yeah. Um. She co-starred with James Woods in the movie The Boost. In a nineteen in nineteen eighty eight, James Woods filed a harassment lawsuit against Sean Young, which she ended up winning. Um, when asked why Woods was so vindictive, she said she learned that a rational person will never be able to understand an irrational person. I couldn't wrap my head around it. It was so nutty and stupid and a waste not only of my time but not good for himself. Why take all the attention off this movie and put it on this? Um, and then the, the Daily Beast brought up his older interview between Young and Carl Reiner in 2009, where she was asked, here, Reiner said Young's reputation had been smeared by a famous director. Asked if that director was Warren Beatty, Sean Young said Warren was definitely one of them. Steven Spielberg was another. Oh, fucking talking shit about her, uh, calling her hard to work with and stuff like that. And just, uh, you know, derailing her career. Um, when asked if Beatty was the worst of the bunch, Young replied, no, I think the sleazy or difficult part is that he really thought he was treating me really well. Um, it's not just Warren. It's across the board. Ever since the movie business began, women have been treated as a commodity. There was always someone grabbing you and I just ignored it. Remember, this is 2009. Yeah. I mean, have you taken a look at Harvey Weinstein? How the fuck is he ever going to get laid unless he has power? Never. Mm-hmm. That was uh, 12 years ago she said that. Uh-huh. Um, in, tw- in 2017, when was all that Me Too stuff? 2018, I think? Probably 2018, 2019. In 2017, Young revealed that Weinstein exposed himself to her while working on the 1992 film Love Crimes. She told him, I really wouldn't be pulling that thing out because it's not pretty. Put that little thing away. This is when she said she got a bad reputation for saying no. And I believe that. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. Especially Weinstein. That's already been proven with um, what's this this one lady. Now I can't recall her name. I mean, it's it's been in court now. This shit's yeah. been litigated. Yeah. I mean, he, he held a lot of sway. You have to remember, someone that gross. <laughs> Think of who they really are inside. I mean, if they look that bad on the outside, I can only imagine how awful they are yeah. on the inside. Yeah, they're all deformed. It, it creeped out. Um, oh, this is interesting. So I read I read that Blade Runner book, Future Noir. It's, mm-hmm. it's gigantic. And a section of it gets into how Sean Young, um, and this all lines up with all the shit that she's saying. Harrison Ford did not like her, did not get along with her. It wasn't that she didn't get along with him he just didn't like her for whatever reason and there's a scene where he like forcefully uh uh, uh I, I moved on her like a bitch like he mo- he moves on her right yeah. and throws her against like a window and he's pretty forceful with her according to the book um ford was like more aggressive than he needed to be like he's the one who kind of amped up um uh the the anger and stuff in that scene uh it's very it's always i felt it was an uncomfortable scene so I was like, damn, Harrison Ford's really, uh, really hating on him. But in this instance here, she talks about Ridley Scott. She says, when asked about that scene in Blade Runner, 
She said, Ridley Scott really wanted to date her, but she never reciprocated. He started dating the actress who played Zora, and I felt <clears throat> I felt relieved. And then we do this scene, and I think it was Ridley. I think Ridley was like, fuck you. I was thinking, why did you have to be like that? What was the point of that? And I think it was Ridley's none-too-subtle message that it was getting even with me. That's interesting. And then he, she goes on to say that the her... 30-second hologram cameo in Blade Runner 2049 where, like, she walked out there, but it was a, a de-aged version mm-hmm. of her to make her look like her, her 81 version of herself. Uh, this is how she described that. Wasn't that so full of shit? There was nothing I could do about it. It was very clear that they knew that the audience would be upset that I wasn't in it, but they didn't want me to bitch about that publicly, so they paid me some money, made me sign a non-disclosure agreement, and gave me 30 seconds, and I was like, fine. But then she goes on, they did give my son Quinn a job on 2049 in visual arts. And I said all was forgiven. Mm-hmm. So, so there's some quid pro quo there yeah, going on. I think the NDA also tied into, they made everyone like, no one was allowed to say anything uh, yeah, no. because they wanted to hide the fact that who was a replicant and all that shit. Uh, but then also that ties into, too, if they're working with Sean Young again, they can't have her going out there be like, they only have me in this because they don't want to be mad. You know, uh, I should be in more of this movie, blah, blah, blah. She showed up to Tim Burton's house. She showed up somewhere in a homemade Catwoman outfit trying to audition for, for Catwoman Crazy. For, for Batman Returns. And that was, or she already had a reputation for being a little kooky. Yeah. You know, all that doesn't help things. So yes, things like that then plays into all this as well. Um, Charlie Sheen wrote the word cunt on a piece of tape and stuck it to her back while filming Wall Street in 1987. Oh, wow. She said Sheen did a lot of cocaine on set and was, quote, awful. Yeah. I mean, that's duh. Yeah, that doesn't seem like a surprise now, right? Right. Um, She called Oliver Stone, the director of Wall Street, a bastard. Um, Oh, so yeah, this is interesting. So apparently Daryl Hannah was uncomfortable with wearing a particular dress in okay. the scene in Wall Street and Oliver Stone was just like just wear the dress and Sean Young who was in the scene was like this is bullshit if she's uncomfortable don't make her do this um, so then they uh, rewrote the scene so her one line was given to Daryl Hannah and she was written out of the <laughs> scene so that's fucked up yeah yeah it is um Oh, and the Steven Spielberg thing goes all the way back to Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh, wow. She almost got the role of Marion Ravenwood, but she said she offended Steven Spielberg after asking him at a New Year's Eve party why she didn't get the part. He was all, I did not mislead you. I did not, Young said. I was like, whoa, calm down. I didn't mean it like you were a bad guy. I just really thought I was going to get the part. You flew me back to California twice. Very sensitive. She was calling Spielberg out for being a sensitive guy. And then ending it all, ending this little interview here, she was an Ace Ventura pet detective. Yeah. I can't take any more of my of, of my childhood treasures being torn apart, Drew. I can't take it anymore. I can't do it. That movie already has a transphobic problem. Yeah. I can't take oh, it yeah. anymore. Yeah, it does. Of all the men mentioned, Young praised her Ace Ventura co-star, Jim Carrey. She said he fought for her to get the part, even though Morgan Creek Productions wanted someone else. He's the only leading man who ever did that for me, she said. Jim came in and said, no, whatever you're hearing is bullshit. She's great. So, Jim Carrey, nice guy. Jim Carrey had some sway. Jim Carrey, nice guy. Uh, Oh, that time, too. Well, it was his movie. 
Yeah, yeah that's exactly. True. That's true, too. Um, so there you go. Hollywood full of shit. Moving on. Forrest Whitaker has signed on to the movie Havoc, which is, is it a movie or a series? It's a movie. Uh, Gareth Evans, the guy who did the raid movies, he's doing this action movie about a cop who has to fight his way through the criminal underground. And, uh, that cop's to be played by Tom Hardy. Cool. And Forrest Whitaker has just joined that cast. Awesome. So that's coming to Netflix, baby. I'll watch that movie. Um, yeah, that's gonna be awesome, man. Tom Hardy likes doing that that physical stuff too. Mm-hmm. And then maybe like early on he'll get punched in the mouth, so he'll be like, "Oh, I'm talking like this now." The whole movie because mm-hmm. I have to have something weird about my, my mouth speaking, right? He always does that. Always. Either that, he has to have a mask, some sort of face covering. The uh, Jamie Foxx has been teasing playing Mike Tyson. Well, for, technically, didn't he play him in like in Living Color? I think yeah, skits some, yes. in the in the nineties. Yeah. Oh right? yeah, he's been, but he's been teasing playing him. Uh, dramatically, yeah. Well, apparently for a while, it's happening. Uh, in a limited series directed by Antoine Fuqua and Mike Tyson's on board. Mike Tyson's on board as a producer, and his wife is on board as a producer. So, uh, you gotta take that sort of with a grain of salt yeah. too. And um, Scorsese, Martin Scorsese, on board as an executive producer. So it's happening, guys. We'll see. We'll see this Tyson series. It doesn't have a uh, streaming home yet, no. but it will. It will. <laughs> it will. Uh, meanwhile, speaking of Jamie Foxx, I try to tie stories together and you know thematically. Anyway. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it works. I think I did a decent job this time because Jamie Foxx has just joined a movie called God is a Bullet. Okay. And uh, it's co-starring, uh, I never know how to say his name, Nicola Costerwaldow. Um, Jamie, oh, yeah. Jamie Lannister. Yeah. yeah from no. Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Jamie Foxx. It's Jamie Lannister. It's Mad Men's January Jones. Wasn't she also in the X Men? One X Men yeah. movies. Right? Yeah, she was White Queen. She was Diamond Girl, right? Yeah, Diamond Girls. I told like you I guys, musical episode. White, White Queen. White Queen. White Queen. Can't you see? Don't you know that song? It's Seals and Cross. No, you don't know that one? Um, Nick Cassavetes, son of uh, John Cassavetes, is going to direct this movie, which is interesting because God is a Bullet is a, about a man who infiltrates a satanic cult that killed his ex-wife and kidnapped his daughter. Okay. Nick Cassavetes directs movies like The Notebook and The Other Woman. What? <laughs> yeah. But he also has acted in movies where he's played like bad guys and stuff. He was um, Gina Gershon's uh, crazy bald brother in Face Off. He's the lead bad guy in the Charlie, speaking of Charlie Sheen movie, The Wraith from the 80s. What else was he a bad guy in? He was a bad guy in, um, uh, what was this other one that I just watched recently? Anyway, Nick Cantabellis is a weird guy. He's also a freak. He's like six foot six. Um... So here we go. Nicholas Custer will play Vice Detective Bob Hightower, who finds his ex-wife murdered and daughter kidnapped by a satanic cult. So he quits the force, gets tattoos, and infiltrates the cult to hunt down the cult leader with the help of the cult's only female escapee, victim escapee, who will be played by Micah Monroe. Cool. Which is awesome. So there we go. God's a bullet coming uh, eventually. Um, let's get into some DC stuff here, Drew. Satana... You ready for Zatanna? I mean, sure. Uh, a- actu- uh, uh, an a- 
actual like sorceress playing a, a magician. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, that's a pretty good hideout. If you're going to be is. a magician, yeah. just pretend to be like a birthday, uh, yeah. uh, whatever. Pull some actual rabbits out of your hat. Uh, Zatanna will be at least written by Emerald Fennel, who is uh, the writer-director of Promising Young Woman. Okay. And also, I did not know this, she is the uh, actress, she's an actress on the, 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 what's that, The Crown. Didn't watch it. She plays Camilla Bowles, uh, something or other, I don't care about. Royal stuff. Um, yeah, she's doing Zatanna for Warner Brothers, and it's in conjunction with a bad robot. So here we go, Zatanna. It's coming. Um, sticking with DC. Shazam, Fury of the Gods, added a villain, and that will be played by Helen Mirren. Cool. Yeah. She will play the character known as, oh, Hespera, daughter of Greek god Atlas. Speaking of DC, did you see the uh, Suicide Squad trailer? I didn't watch it yet. Have you? You watch it? Was it good stuff? Are you excited? Are you pumped for it? I've seen a couple stills. God. They got they got Shark, uh, King Shark in there. They got uh, it's a lot of Harley gonna, Quinn, obviously. It's gonna be fun. Yeah, well, James Gunn. Yeah. Um, when is that? Summer this time, right? Yeah. At some point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's gonna be a good one. That Weasel guy. That's weird. Yeah, Weasel Polka Dot Man. Yeah, Polka Dot Man, and it's that weird guy, the Dash Dash Malchian or yeah. whatever, with that uh, weird yeah. ass actor. And, uh, and and what's his face is the uh, the DC asshole Captain America, Peacemaker. Yeah, um, John Cena. Yeah, he seriously, he's probably the he might be the funniest part of the whole trailer. James Gunn, I almost said James Woods. James Gunn loves John Cena so much that they went ahead and developed a whole ass HBO show for that character. I wouldn't be surprised if he dies in this movie because we're like, fuck it, we have a show anyway. Well, it's a Suicide Squad. Yeah. (laughs) Everybody, any one of those characters could die. I'm really hoping. I'm really hoping Jai Courtney dies this time. Oh, please kill him. (laughs) Joel Kinnaman, please die early, Joel Kinnaman. Like, first scene. I want this movie to open with... uh, Joel Kinnaman's brain exploding? Yes. uh, Accidentally being killed by Captain Boomerang, and then Captain Boomerang kills himself in in sorrow. And then the movie can start. Damn. (laughs) Out of here, boring ass white dude to get a continue feeling upwards. Oh, speaking of Suicide Squid, uh, the Suicide Squad David Ayer cut not happening. Good, no way it's <laughs> happening. Shut the shit down just because we got a Snyder cut doesn't mean ain't no David Ayer cut. Uh, the CEO or someone high up in Warner Brothers did this big interview, a lot of talk about the Snyder cut and, and Just League and all that. They asked him, are we going to get more in Justice Leagues? And she was like, uh, this completes Zack Snyder's trilogy that started with Man <laughs> of Steel. Like, this is Dunzo Bunzo. Yeah. We have other stuff that we're excited to show you. And then they asked, what about a David Ayer cut? And she was like, unequivocal, we will not be developing David Ayer's cut of Suicide Squad. Yeah, no. And then he tweeted, uh, like that headline in an article, he tweeted that. And then above it, he just sort of like, why? What a, what a sad <laughs> emoji face. Because no one wants to see it, David. I mean, some people do. That's why people are. That's why it was even a question. But truly, don't. It's not. Yeah, no. no, it's not going to do nothing for no one. Get the fuck out of here. So, no David Ayer cut. Consider it anti-musicked. True side. I'm okay with that. Um, and Zack Snyder's Justice League will be in black and white on HBO Max. <sighs> it's already grayscale, so why not just go to full 100 percent and then right? black and white that yeah. bitch? So that's happening. <laughs> 
his original vision. And we got to see Bully Crudup as um, Flash's father, Barry Allen's father. Flash dad. And he was supposed to play him in the Flashpoint movie, but now due to um, pandemic shifting things around at created scheduling conflicts and the fact that he's dr fucking manhattan that's another thing too it doesn't matter <laughs> he is out now as uh barry allen's dad being replaced by ron livingston i'm so i mean as far as i'm concerned i mean once they did that whole Watchmen's part of the dc universe thing like that means that means yeah true Watchmen's part of the dc universe that, that's true so billy Crudup is Dr. Manhattan. He is, he is. So it's weird that Dr. Manhattan is Flash's dad. Man, Dr. Manhattan, uh, Zack Snyder wanted Keanu Reeves. That would have been weird. He wanted him. He would have... It would have been great for the Dr. Manhattan part. Yeah, for the lost humanity part. But yeah. not good for the... He doesn't have to be that much of a Osterman. He can be Osterman briefly and then... Uh, it's like, whoa, I know every point of time in the universe. <laughs> And Kung Fu. Well, obviously. And also, and also Kung Fu, obviously. Because I'm Dr. Manhattan. Um, Keanu Reeves, speaking of Keanu Reeves, has a, a new comic series called Berserker. I think we talked about this before it came out, a yeah. while ago. And it's for um, Boom Studios. And that's the name of the comic company. Here's an interesting factoid about this, about this comic. Uh, Berserker is a success since its March 3rd launch. The inaugural issue has sold over 615,000 copies, making it the highest selling debut in 30 years. Yeah. Uh, what is Berserker? Thank you for asking, listener. Berserker is... Well, Keanu is some sort of like immortal warrior. He's something. an immortal warrior. It is called a brutally epic saga about an immortal warrior's 80,000-year fight through the ages. The man known only as B, Reeves, is half-mortal, half-god, cursed and compelled to violence. Uh, after wandering the Earth for centuries, he mainly have found refuge working for the U.S. government to fight the battles too violent and too dangerous for anyone else in exchange he will be granted the one thing he desires, the truth about his endless blood-soaked existence and how to end it. Berserker, obviously now being optioned into a live-action movie. Duh. And an anime series for Netflix. Duh. Both of them to star... Keanu Reeves, duh. Frank Grillo. Oh, I mean, Keanu Reeves. <laughs> That'd be weird if it starts someone else. <laughs> Frank Grillo's a great... Yeah. I, I'd rather see Frank Grillo as look, look, you're going to replace yes. Keanu Reeves with someone. I could, do, I could do... You could do way, way worse than Frank Grillo. Oh, yeah. He's great. But no, Keanu Reeves developed this shit for himself. He's like, I know what I'm doing. Yeah. This is my baby. I mean, in all reality, I'm just waiting for Cyberpunk 2077 to get optioned as some yeah, sort sure. of thing. I mean, it's it, it's it was helped made in conjunction with Warner Brothers Video Game Studios. Yeah, so, so someone they got the plans. It's somehow. working. Someone wants to do it. Yeah. What, I'm telling. Once they get that Halo TV show off the ground, <laughs> all right. Now we can move on to the next thing. Um, this comic series is a 12 episode limited series. Okay. So. Well, that's good. It's, this is not going to go on forever. Right. It's on a Walking Dead situation. The Meanwhile, John Wick 4 uh, is moving on without the creator of the series, Derek Colstead, who helped co-create it and wrote the first three movies. Um, he is moving on, and apparently, the way things are worded, it doesn't seem like it was his choice. No. 
um, here is Derek Colson. At a certain stage, the studio will tell you your creation has graduated and you wish it well. I'm still close with Chad, so close with Dave, and I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm excited to see. So it sounds like... Um, sounds like they gave him a bunch of money and said, please step away. Yeah, it's like, yeah, we're moving on now. Um, yeah, he clarifies, it was not my decision. When you think of the contra- when you think of it contractually, the third one I shared the credit with any number of people. They didn't have to come back to me, and so they didn't. So you look at that, and he could be hurt. And I would say if I was 20 years ago, I would have been. But seeing what the industry is and how things go, I just believe that you bless everything, hope it all the best. And to the players involved who are doing other things elsewhere, um, it's personal. So I'm never going to talk shit about John Wick. I want this thing to survive and thrive. So uh, John Wick, obviously moving on. Also, they announced uh, originally they were going to do John Wick 4 and 5 back to back. Let's pull this back a bit. We'll just do John Wick 4 for now. So that's your... Um, Keanu Reeves John Wick update but meanwhile Chad Stelhesky who did say that he'd be fine James Cameron style just making yeah. John Wick movies for the rest of his life he did sign up for um, another something else oh Ghost of Tsushima oh so they're t- man another video, man another video game adaptation PlayStation's Ghost of Tsushima, which is uh, an ode to samurai films as done by white people. <laughs> yeah, apparently there's even a, a, a quote-unquote Kurosawa mode. Yeah, I think you have to beat it first, and then you can unlock that, and then it just makes everything super widescreen and black and white, which sounds awesome. <laughs> I want that. I want to play that. It's PlayStation exclusive. So, yeah, well, I'm, that's the thing I'm playing again because of the Death Stranding and the, uh, what's the other one I want to play? Oh, well, obviously a Cyberpunk that's cross-platform, though. Anyway. So that's your John Wick update. <laughs> there we go. Um, there is a Bruce Lee screenplay called The Silent Flute that he wrote before he went to work on Enter the Dragon. Okay. And then before Enter the Dragon came out, Bruce Lee dies. Yeah. So The Silent Flute was just sitting around for a long-ass time. Uh these people, Jason Cathari and John Fusco, have optioned it to produce it. Jason Cathari, a Hong Kong-born entrepreneur and film producer. Uh, executive producer, oh, you'll love this, he executive produced Bloodshot. Nice. He acquired Silent Flute. Silent Flute is set in a dystopian future after mankind has suffered from pandemics, fires, and civil wars. All weapons and combat arts are banned. It follows a raw fighter who overcomes grave obstacles and loss to reach enlightenment and become the best fighter in the world. Mm-hmm. All needs is giant robots, and, and we got ourselves yeah. uh, kung fu robot jocks. Maybe, maybe they'll add robots. That'd be awesome. No, you don't think so? I don't know about that. You don't think so? Um, this guy, Pete Browngart, is the showrunner of the Looney Tunes relaunch at HBO. Okay. HBO so happy with him they signed him to an overall deal to HBO to Warner Brothers Animation and Cartoon Network Studios. Oh, nice! So he'll be develop they'll be developing whatever the fuck he wants. Yep, there we go. So uh, that's what happens. That's what happens when you do uh, you sign up for a job. You do a good job. Sometimes you get rewarded with riches and golds. Very or good. in this case, uh, some more animation jobs. Uh, meanwhile, also at HBO and on the CW. I had no idea this even existed, 
but there are three whole seasons of a show called Wellington Paranormal, which is a spinoff of What We Do in the Shadows. Really? Yes. It's following the police in Wellington as they have to investigate all the supernatural shit that happens. Yep. Uh, They already did three whole seasons and a Christmas special. All that finally coming to America. There we go. It'll uh, debut on CW. And then it'll pop up episode episode the next day on HBO Max. That'll be here soon. Fun. A Wellington Paranormal. <coughs> um, continuing with HBO and making deals and spending money. Issa Rae has been with HBO since 2016 doing um, Insecure. She signed a deal with them in 2016. Re-upped in 2018. That deal just ended. She just signed an eight-figure film and TV show deal with Warner Brothers, with well, Warner Media. Well, apparently, they're happy with her work. They're 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 a happy bedfellows together, Issa Rae and Warner Brothers. So expect more from her. And I think Insecure is wrapping up now. I think, they, or is it done? I'm not sure. Uh, oh, we're at that time. HBO. Are we? Or don't HBO News. Eddie Murphy confirms that Beverly Hills Cop 4 is still in development and actually revealed that Netflix has it right now. Interesting. So that's going to that be fun. That could be good. It could be fun. Um, oh, Vin Diesel has an interesting record, movie record. Yeah. And that record is um, most cars destroyed in movies. Well, I mean, he owns the Fast and Furious franchise. Right, exactly. So. And then he is like the lead character in them. Yeah. So he does a lot of driving and crashing. Uh, let's get into some actual numbers here. If I can uh, get away from this goddamn Trulicity ad, I don't need Trulicity. Of course, they put the little X right next to the more info thing. Mm-hmm. So then, when you click on it, it's, it's like, oh, look, look at you! You're opening the ad, and I hate you. This is why websites we have ad blockers. Um, he has destroyed. Where's the number? Sixty-one total cars in his action movie career. It's like cars. He was driving 57 of them. Yeah. Uh, makes him the most dangerous driver in Hollywood. He totaled 30 cars in Fast Five alone. Yeah. Which uh, ties them just those 30 cars alone. Keanu Reeves is in fifth place with 30 cars. In that one movie, he tied him. Um, that includes all the John Wick movies. Matt Damon destroyed 30 cars. 30 of his 35 cars in Jason Bourne movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's in the number three spot. Daniel Craig is number seven, thanks to James Bond. Dwayne Johnson and Jason Statham both tie for the tenth spot with eighteen destroyed cars apiece. I would think Jason Statham had more destroyed cars. I guess he's his characters are better drivers. Yeah. Well, I mean, sometimes that's the purpose of his character. I don't. I don't <laughs> crash a car. Listen, you crash a car. Me, I don't crash a car. I'm a champagne problem. I drink champagne and I don't crash cars. Uh, so Vin Diesel crashing cars good for him Seth Rogen speaking of Steven Spielberg earlier oh, I should put this with the Steven Spielberg mm-hmm. stuff um, he joined that um, the cast for that Steven Spielberg kid movie in Arizona yeah. where Michelle Williams plays a sort of version of the father. Seth Rogen's gonna be like the favorite uncle of type course. of thing so yeah. a, lot of, a lot of goofy laughing um, there's this movie called Cry Macho okay. that has been in development for like 30 years. Okay. Uh, Clint Eastwood for 30 years has been trying to make this movie for a while. It got away from him. Arnold Schwarzenegger almost made it instead, uh, but that fell through. Clint Eastwood at the age of 90 finally got to make it. It's an adaptation of a 1975 novel. 
and it's coming out. Cool. It, it's coming out. It's it's part of the 2021 HBO simultaneous theaters mm-hmm. and uh, home release coming out October 22nd. And it's about, uh, where is it? The story follows a horse trainer and former rodeo star who schemes to make $50,000 by grabbing a streetwise Mexican boy from his alcoholic mother in Mexico City and delivering him to his father, Miles' ex-boss, in Texas. So it's about Eastwood just dragging a guy back to Texas. A kid. A kid back in Texas. It sounds like a, it's human trafficking story. It's a human trafficking story, but at the end, it's going to be like, make sure you cry. If you're going to cry, cry macho. Cry macho. And then and then at home, you cry like a baby mm-hmm. because you're so touched. Yeah. yeah. Um, Phil Lord, Chris Miller have a animated film, a pro- produced an animated film that was supposed to come out last year. Kept getting pushed. It got pushed. Then it got sold to Netflix. And now it has a release date. And that release date is April 30th for The Mitchells versus The Machines. Uh, it's about a family on a road trip where during their road trip, uh, all the world's technology has decided to like come alive and, and uh, maximum overdrive that shit. Okay. Uh, voice cast includes Danny McBride, Abby Jacobson, Maya Rudolph, Eric Andre, Olivia Colman, Blake Griffin. That's weird. So there we go. Yeah. Sounds strange. It does sound strange. April 30th, Netflix. Avatar's re-release in China, that the, the re-release yeah. run it just had, made more money than Disney's Mulan did. Which is weird. That's crazy. China really did not like Mulan. No, not like, at all. Like, how dare you try to sell us back our own shit. Uh, but Avatar, they're all about it. In 10 days, it made $44 million. Which means it's now like... 30-something million past Avengers. Yeah. That's a shit ton of money. Uh, and finally, we reported on this a week or two ago, and this is the final story, and I thought this was hysterical because we, we are news aggregated. We're not breaking the news. We're just saying, I'm just rounding some shit up, right? Okay. And one of the stories that came out recently was like, oh, look at this movie pass website that popped up that said, it was like, here's a timer, and said the movie starts soon. Yeah. And all these, uh, uh, the rapid variety, it was like, is movie pass relaunching? We've reached out to all these people. We're trying to get answers. Um, now, if you go to that website, moviepass.adventures, uh, it cuts to some like minute-long video then underneath it, someone wrote, This website was made with around $20, with no purpose other than to fool friends. Nice. It was tweeted out by a Twitter user who we have no affiliation with. And the media picked it up from there. Some articles claimed this was an official MoviePass website, which was completely fabricated by those journalists. That's good, it. Good job, Chris. Yep. Why well, didn't I didn't fucking... I didn't know. I saw other people reporting on that shit. I was like, oh, look at that. This is a MoviePass website. But it wasn't a MoviePass yeah. website. It was just some dude. Yeah. Who, $20. Oh, he's got to get a better uh, get a better deal <laughs> on hosting. It's not like he's got a big old website there. Anyway, that's it. We're done with stuff. Uh, Drew, that's the end of the episode. So MoviePass is not coming back. Hell no. <laughs> Who needs it? We got the Regal Pass. The AMC Pass is the exact same thing. Yeah. Uh, I guess only if you want to pass that um, gives you movie theater flexibility. Yeah, no. But I don't know. Regal's right there. Regal's right there. You want me to go all the way over to the AMC? I I, I got it. Regal's right there. Yeah. Um, Wild Drewster, thank you, sir. You're welcome, sir. Thank you, Drewster Cogburn. Stop singing. (laughs) You're (laughs) asshole. 
You're welcome, listeners, for this week's show. We'll be back next week, episode 430. And that is it. Peace out. Goodbye. A PFT Media Production.